Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program about the innovators, idealists, and entrepreneurs who thrive and die in the high-stakes world of building a startup company. We explore the cookbooks, guidebooks, and magic beans needed to grow your business. So let's get going. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell and Corey Frank of Uncommon Pro. In this episode of the Market Dominant Guys, Chris Beal and Corey Frank welcome co-author of Outbound Sales No Fluff and sales director at Connect and Sell, Ryan Research. In these uncertain times, sales pros are faced with waiting for the dust to settle, then trying to regain their market or take this time to learn new skills and technologies. But there is a third option, and that is to reframe conversations compassionately, patiently, and gain control of your market. For a guide on how to come out of this restructured sales environment with everyone working from home, join Chris, Corey, and Ryan for your tips for the week. This episode is called Sales Pros, Wait, Learn, or Dominate Your Market. Welcome to the latest episode of the Market Dominance Guys with your co-host, Corey Frank, and the esteemed Chris Beal. So with us today, we have a very special guest. We have Ryan Reisert, most recently the sales director at Connect and Sell, and formerly the co-founder of the Sales Developers and the author of one of the top 100 sales books of all time, I should say, uh, Outbound Sales, No Fluff. So welcome, Ryan, to the market dominance guys. And so I thought today, what we could talk about since it's so pertinent and germane in the news is a little bit about work from home and the future of work from home, as well as some of the tactical things and challenges and hiccups that we're seeing. Right, Chris, we were talking about it just earlier, as far as how to manage pipeline and how companies are dealing with the issue as sales reps when we contact these folks and some of the reasons they're perhaps giving to either delay or cancel purchases altogether. So welcome, Ryan, and welcome, as always, Chris Beal. Yeah, well, thank you guys for having me today. Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you, yeah. simple question, right? Have you employed a work-from-home strategy personally for a while? And if so, how long? Yeah, so my last two companies before for joining Connect and Sell were 100% remote. And so, you know, looking back into when I first started my career uh, as a rep, I never thought I would be productive working from home. And as I worked my way up through leadership, especially, I, I didn't think my reps could be productive working from home. But as technology evolved and we looked at, you know, the ability to sell virtually, I realized that there's an uh, amazing opportunity to, to help create digital sellers. That's when I started Inside Sales Bootcamp. And it was 100% remote. We were in eight different cities, built an online program, taught thousands of reps, 100% remote. Uh, actually, my co-founder and I, I think, met in person three times before we uh, ended up selling that company in total, right, in person. And then same thing with the sales developers. You know, Rex and I built that company 100% remote. Rex and I wrote a best-selling book without ever even meeting each other in person. You know, it was all social interactions. Uh, the company was built up to just over 20 or so employees with a network of other researchers, over hundreds of researchers overseas, 100% remote. And now I connect to sell. You know, we have about a half a decade of experience working in a remote environment at this stage. Fantastic. 
So, Corey, what's been on your mind? You've been thinking a lot about this whole business with the pandemic and how companies are responding to it beyond just work from home. I mean, what's the burning question you have for Ryan? What's what's bugging you? Well, I think, you know, as we were uh, talking about just the other day, Chris, is when you have organizations that don't necessarily know how to deal with a crisis, let alone a pandemic at this scale, and particularly with sales organizations and how they deal with prospects who understandably are under a lot of pressure and they're under a cash crunch, but how do you maximize or increase the atomic weight of your sales team in environments like this? What are some of the things that a sales team could do to survive these gale force winds of market change and actually come out of this uh, potentially even a little bit stronger and leaner in the end? That's an interesting question. So if you, I, I think about gale force winds as soon as you say that, and I think, well, I've been sailing fairly recently, um, went out and did, did some sailing. I'm a very novice sailor. My fiance, Helen, is a, is a sailboat racer, so that's pretty asymmetric. And she and I went out on a little 42-foot Beneteau off of Oahu for five days on the boat. And, you know, a Hawaiian winter is big, big waves, big winds, right? So not gale force, but a small craft warning force, right? Eight foot, nine foot swells and all that. And I remember the main thing I took away from the first day was there are a few things that are being measured that you've got to keep your eye on. That's the number one thing is what, what is being measured that you got to keep your eye on in a sailboat. And if you don't keep your eye on it, you're in trouble. So I'd ask Ryan, so Ryan, you ran work from home organizations and you did it under what I'll call kind of simulated, not a pandemic, but similar stress. You had to start them fast. You had to do it with very little money, right? You guys were always bootstrapped and you know, you had to, you had to figure it out. And there's only, there's only a couple of you guys at the top. What did you pay attention to in terms of, you know, like, what was it that told you? What metrics or what measurements or what data was coming in that told you, yeah, it's going okay, or mm, I better I better slow down, stop, do whatever, and intervene? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I mean, I think this is something going back to, I've been talking about this for a while in general, in terms of the top of funnel, when it comes to sales success, I think anyone who knows about sales that, you know, the long-term indicator for long-term success is pipeline, right? And so pipeline can be defined in a lot of different ways. And I think there's a big challenge with the definition of pipeline, where people think that pipeline equates to meetings. And because of that, there's been a lot of unnecessary time, energy, and effort spent on getting people into meetings, whether that's giving away gifts, sending you know, postcards, enticing them to come to dinners, things like that. That all is kind of crazy to me. For me, whether you're an early stage company or a later stage company, what it really comes down to is, are we having conversations with the people we intend to want to do business with in the future? And we may not know that they're a fit now, but when we look at long-term success in sales, pipeline is that indicator, but the, the success metric that's actually giving me, if you're th- going back to the sailboat boat example, I'm not a sailor myself, but I can imagine, you know, whatever that one indicator is on the boat, my one indicator is how many conversations am I having every single day with the intended people I want to be speaking to? And furthermore, what are the outcomes of those conversations? And those outcomes don't have to be meetings. Of course, that's one outcome, but the total outcomes in general, you know, 
how many of them are, you know, falling into the buckets of yes, how many of those are yes meeting, maybe moving forward, no, and why, why are they not a fit and why, and what can we learn from that? Maybe, well, why is it maybe, is that a targeting thing? Is it a messaging thing? Is it a timing thing? And then, you know, not now. And if it's a not now, again, why? And so those four outcomes from those conversations are the things that I'm paying attention to. And I have to learn from those. And getting into the math of that, making sure that the percentage of those outcomes are what I would like to see in any given market, which goes back to the buyer's pyramid. If we think about a total addressable market and who knows they're not interested, doesn't think they're interested, they're not really thinking about it, who are open to it and who are, who are buying now. Am I anywhere near those metrics? That's what I'm looking at. Conversations, outcomes of those conversations, and ultimately, what can I learn and why? Those are the things that I'm going to use to make my slight adjustments to make sure I'm on the right track. And that's, if I'm just getting started, that's also if I've already had success and I've got a team underneath me. I've got to look at that data daily and I have to be able to use that to make the necessary adjustments. And I think that one of the biggest challenges in all of this equation is that everybody else focuses on a meeting and that meeting having to be bank qualified, et cetera, when we think about pipeline. But the reality is pipeline all starts with that conversation. Got it. Got it. And you said daily. Daily. That's yeah. interesting. And so I have a similar view, by the way. I mean, you know, this is something I've done for a long time too, is run a work from home organization. Um, in 2014 at Connect and Sell, we, we went home with the exception of having a little office in Denver. And even that got dispersed and now is finally completely home. We, we're out of the last vestige of not work from home. <laughs> Connect and Sell, welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell allows your sales reps to talk to more decision makers in 90 minutes than they would in a week or more of conventional dialing. Your reps can finally be 100% focused on selling since all of their CRM data entry and follow-up scheduling is fully automated within Connect and Sell's powerful platform. Your team's effectiveness will skyrocket by using Connect and Sell's teleprompter capability as they'll know exactly what to say during critical conversations. So come on, give your fingers a rest with Connect and Sell. Visit connectandsell.com. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell and Corey Frank of Uncommon Pro. And what I found is that the cycle time of checking that conversation number, those facts about conversations, for me has actually shrunk. And I'm a CEO. I'm not even a sales manager, right? But for me, it shrunk. I'd like to share my screen. Can I do that, Corey? Yep. Yep, go ahead. Now, let me, let me uh, share the screen here. And I'll show you what I actually look at on a, on a regular basis. So, so what do we look at, at here, Chris? So this is, uh, this is Connect and Sell. This is how our team builds pipeline by having conversations. It's how they have conversations. And right now it is 8.29 a.m. on the Pacific Coast. And most of these people are this side of the country, west, but some of them are east. And so it's pretty early in the morning, right? This is the beginning of the workday. And I want to make sure we're up and running. Every one of these people is work from home. A little scroll here. Some of them are... SDRs like David Gold here and Brian Walters. Some of them are AEs. Here's Mark Hodgson and AE. Here's Jerry Hill. 
I would say Ryan Reiser would be on that list, except right now he's busy on this podcast talking to us. And what I look at very first, that it's always sort of descending by conversations, is, is everybody having conversations? That's my number one. And I look at this about probably a little more frequently than once an hour. And then I ask myself this question. For what I know about this rep, do I think that these outcomes look representative for them, the work that I suspect they're doing? So yesterday, for instance, this person right here, uh, Mark, had had 12 conversations and zero meetings. And I thought, that's interesting. So I went over to another report, which is, uh, which is here. And uh, it's called the, uh, here, I'll have it come up here. And so I went over to the rep performance report and I wanted to ask a simple question about Mark, which is, what's his busy callback later look like? And 20% of his, his conversations were less than 25 seconds long, and I wanted to listen to him. And what I heard was that he could have tuned his talk track up in order to actually be more empathetic about the work from home situation. And so he apparently did that. I'm guessing that he did that. I'm going to go check. And today, his first 10 conversations have resulted in two meetings. And while it's not, as, as uh, Ryan says, it's not all about the meetings. It's really about the conversations. It is also good to keep an eye on the outcomes and make sure not that, you, that you're not driving something. You make sure first that you understand why. And is this characteristic or is it different? And then the question is, is there an intervention in order or not? And I actually think it is like a sailboat. You know, when you come over that big wave and you're going down the other side and now the wind's just catching the top of the sail, the boat does something. It does something interesting, which is it steers hard into the wind. It's called weather helm. And you can't just like ignore it or else you'll end up facing directly into the wind and you stop and then you're sideways to the waves sometimes. And that's not so oh, yeah, right. Just like driving a car, right? You have to make subtle adjustments all the time to run anything rather than just have it run itself, which could be uh, a, a bad thing. So anyway, Ryan, I'm, I do the same thing. Here's how I do it. And yeah, it's great that these folks, you know, look at David. He's had 15 conversations this morning in two hours and seven minutes on the clock. That's wonderful. But the main thing that I want to know is how's it going? Are you having the conversations? And then do the conversation outcomes look, you know, reasonable? Like, you know, are they the kind of thing I would expect? Yeah. So in a well, tough, in a tough, challenging economy like we're having today with a lot of uncertainty, as Ryan and I had spoke about before the call here, you guys are looking at uh, certainly how much time am I on the phone? How many dials? How many conversations? How many meetings and outcomes to that? And so to your sailing analogy, Chris, right, if we also incorporate, keeping in that same vein, this concept of tacking, right, and tacking as a, as a sailing maneuver, of course, where my desired course is into the wind. And so I need to turn my bow toward the wind so that the direction from where the wind is blowing changes from one side to the other and it kind of zigzag into the wind. And I think that's a, a good potential analogy here for what we're facing as a sales team and as uh, homebound sales folks is how do you take these conditions, the wind, these gale force winds that are coming at us, and what, how do you describe tacking 
in a world that we live in today versus just driving straight into it, mass spamming everybody with email or, you know, doing any other sorts of things by not incorporating empathy or uh, nurturing conversation. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that, of how you take these stats that both you guys use and, and this uh, data analysis and use it for a concept with the conditions that we're facing today. It's really difficult to make informed decisions without conversation. Otherwise, you are just driving forward, right? In this case, right now, we're living in a world where there are a lot of other things going on. And so my chances of responding to an email that's self-serving and driving towards me, 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 obviously isn't going to work in most environments. It certainly isn't going to work now. But even if you take time to craft something interesting, everyone else is kind of doing the same thing. Well, we're worried about COVID and so on and so forth. So it's easy to ignore that as well. So what I get is a bunch of activities, maybe some opens, which is who knows what a response and likely not a lot of responses. And if you do get responses, because I've seen a lot of them, you get this confirmation bias that, wow, people are going to be pissed off when you, when you reach out to them because, oh boy, look what they decided to write a whole paragraph on, on how bad I am as an individual. However, when you have a conversation when you actually pick up the phone and have a conversation with somebody, you get to those outcomes a lot faster and you actually get a lot more information from not just what the outcome was, but how that, that outcome was in terms of the conversation itself. You know, what words were used? What was the length of the conversation as Chris already shared today? As well as, again, you actually get real, you know, driving forces towards, you know, is this a yes? Is this a no? Is it a not me? Is it not now? And again, if that's all relating back to what your averages say, then you know you're on track versus if something's way off, right? So right now, we see a ton of confirmation bias happening, in my opinion, around people doing a little bit, getting one signal and saying, see, and that signal is negative. We see that all the time in sales, by the way. The challenge that most folks have is that they're not having enough data points in a period of time to actually make informed decisions. So, you know, one of the things that we see all the time, and I've been seeing it for the last you know, five years or so working on connected cell training reps and then using it as an outsource uh, partner is that in a very short period of time, people see the no's as a negativity when reality is that's just a part of what's going to happen. 60% of our outcomes are likely to be a no right out the gate because they don't think they're interested. They know that that's, that's just the data. If I get six no's in a row, that's average. That's where I'm at. I mean, we don't have enough data yet. Right. And so now more than ever, people seem to take that rejection in even you know a hyper you know uh, amplified way, and they want to run from it versus saying, "Hey, that's okay. We're still on track. We know this is going to be a rough a rough patch. This is the best direction." So that's kind of how I see it. And I don't know, Chris, is, uh, you know how you think about that. You're better with words than me, but the, ch- <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is we don't have that jacket, and we can't force through it because we don't. Well, first of all, we don't even know what we're guiding ourselves towards. But second, we don't know our numbers enough to make those informed decisions. Yeah, I think all that was spot on. Um, confirmation bias is the single biggest problem in sales and sales performance because it creates a runaway process. A negative confirmation bias, that is, that doesn't work, that won't work, I won't do it, is the, the number one way that salespeople fail. And when they go home, they don't have that person to look at over in the next cube, or they don't have their boss to look at, or they can't get up and go and talk to somebody in the coffee room or blow it off with a little ping pong game against some one of their other sellers who should be talking to people, they're alone. And when you're alone, confirmation bias will run off with you. Imagine, I'll go back to the sailing analogy, imagine the difference 
between sailing, say, across the Atlantic Ocean in a small sailboat with two people and with one person. It's radical, right? You could imagine maybe with a partner doing it. You get trained up. You could do it. You'd have each other's support. When things are tough, you don't give up because you have your partner to cheer you on, cheer you up, and you're responsible for them. When you're working from home, you feel alone. And when you feel alone, negative confirmation bias can take over very, very quickly. And there are a thousand activities that can distract you that can be preferable to making another call. So they feel preferable to it anyway, in terms of your business, they're not. So I, I think it's, you know, from a manager's perspective, one of the big work from home challenges is how do we interact with the rest of our crew on our sailboat that we're responsible for in a way that keeps them of good cheer, strong, you know, it's, I'm not a big advocate of rah-rah in business. I'm just not. Everybody knows. I'm the guy that when the big deal is announced and everybody's piling on and going, hey, Ryan, that was fantastic. What a super deal. Do you ever get an email from me piling on all that stuff and going, hey, everybody, look at Ryan, right? I don't do that. <laughs> not, my, not my thing, right? I will send you a private note, Ryan, that says, hey, I really think this is a pretty good deal. And, you know, what do you think is going to happen next? So I'll do that, but I won't do rah-rah. But this is a case where it's not rah-rah, but it is helping folks deal with the natural tendency to go negative in the face of inevitable rejection. Rejection is simply part of search. You know, we search on Google. We don't get really upset if there's stuff on the first page that we're not going to click on. But sales is just search. We're searching for someone who has a need now or in the future for a solution. Sales is just like Google. It's just search. Mathematically, it's identical to search. And that the sampling that we have to do in search, we have to look at each item. So Google does it in advance, right? They look at each website using automation and say, here's what's in it. And then they organize it in a way that when you search for it, you have a better chance of finding the ones that are relevant than not. In sales, we do the same thing. We look at the data that's out there. We make a list. That's just, we're acting just like Google getting a setup. But now we have to actually see what's inside of it. Like, what's relevant inside the equivalent of a website, which is our prospect, what's in there? And the only way to find out what's in there is to have a conversation. When we're having conversations in sales, what we're doing is searching the world for someone who has a need that matches our solution now or in the future. And everything else isn't that, and it better not be 100%. Would you be weirded out? If you, every time you searched on Google, all you found was what was perfect, you'd start thinking, I wonder what I'm missing. Like, how'd they do that? That's not possible. They have to show me some good stuff and some bad stuff, or else I don't, I'm not sure I'm getting all this stuff, right? And in sales, right, it's the same right. way. We have to have positives and negatives. We have to have negative outcomes in order to be successful because it's part of the math of sales. The first part of the math of sales is we have to sample the space of potential buyers before we know who the prospective buyers are and then we have to engage that's what we do and when we do that we have an issue and the issue is we're wired up as Jeb Blunt has said to experience something an objection I don't want to do that as rejection as personal and if we don't have somebody there to hold our hand pat us on the back look us in the eye and say buck up we tend to go with that and when we go with that then we give up and when you give up you're done Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. 
So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to MarketDominanceGuys.com and subscribe. Subscribe.